0: Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. 2020 has been one of the wildest years in American history. There are so many things that happened this year, but one thing is for sure, there are some definite winners and losers of this year, and I'm going to tell you exactly who they are. This is Rob Smith is problematic. As we start to wrap up this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year that has left so much of our world in complete disarray. I wanted to, to kind of wrap this year up and I wanted to talk about who the winners and losers of this year really were in politics and entertainment and media, just in general. There were so many norms that were upended this year. Did anybody think when this year started? Anybody know what a lockdown even was? Did we think that we would end this year with two of the biggest cities in this country literally shut down? No restaurants, no bars, no nothing. These places look like a ghost town. And as we wrap up this year, I I think it's really important to look at who really won and who really lost this year. First, the winners. This is what I think, and this is going to be a little controversial. I think that the biggest political winner this year is the MAGA movement. And by the MAGA movement, I mean the Make America Great Again movement that put Donald Trump into office, but also brought so many different types of people into the Republican Party like myself. And I think that the people that the MAGA movement has brought into the Republican Party and has brought to the forefront. Of political conversation in this country really are going to change the course of American politics. And so I say the MAGA movement is a winner, even though we now know that Donald Trump was not reelected, that that Joe Biden is going to be in the White House in January. And you you think about this election, whatever you want to think about it. I mean, God knows. I have my theories. We all saw the tweets. There are so many things that happened. But, but fundamentally, barring any sort of major, major breakthrough, Joe Biden's going to be in the White House. For a lesser movement, their guy not being in the White House would, would kill it. Say, for example, if Donald Trump had won the election this year and he had gone back into the White House, that would have made the MOG movement stronger. Now, compare that to if Joe Biden lost the election. Do you really think that there was anybody that was supporting Joe Biden that was just this excited or this energetic about his candidacy or him as a potential president or or any of his policies? Absolutely not. So even going into this Joe Biden administration, the MAGA movement still still has all the energy. The MAGA movement has the energy, the MAGA movement has the influence, the MAGA movement has the people that are having the conversations that are going to push America forward. And the MAGA movement is such a big winner, and it is going to be such an important part of American politics precisely because Donald Trump did what so many Republicans and and so many conservatives have been trying to do for years. He really did create this sort of broad, diverse coalition of different types of voters. Now, there's an article in Newsweek that kind of like breaks this us, breaks us down. And I want to go into to some of these statistics with you because I really want you to understand the people that make up the MAGA movement. Because if you watch the mainstream media or if you watch CNN or MSNBC or, or God forbid, read the New York Times or the Post or anything like that, this is what they want you to believe about the MAGA movement. They want you to believe that this is a group of white supremacists who hate Black people, who hate Latinos who hate gays and lesbians, who just hate, hate, hate everyone. This is who they want you to think the MAGA movement is. Now, in reality, this movement and these people are different races, different religions, different sexual orientations, ethnicities, all of that stuff. And what binds this movement together is a love for country. What binds this movement together is coming up against the status quo and against corporations and against big tech and against all of these these people that want the american people to basically be puppets on a puppet string for them this is what the maga movement is coming up against and so let me share with you um some of the 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 statistics that came you know from this newsweek article this is coming from exit polling that happened after the election so we will talk about the fact that Trump's support increased by about five points among black men, four points among black women, four points among Latino men, three points among Latino women. He doubled the vote of gays and lesbians, the quote unquote LGBTQ community. I don't I don't say the alphabet soup. I just say gays and lesbians because we all know that 98 percent of us are just gays and lesbians has doubled that vote. So all of these people, like I said in an earlier episode that was literally titled The MAGA Movement Isn't Going Anywhere, these people create the MAGA Movement. And these people, by the way, are being sought out by Republicans that are looking to run in in, in Congress in the next couple of years, the Republicans that will be looking to run for president in 2024. These people are now going to be a very very important voting block for any Republican that wants to touch office whether it be local or national I just met up with a uh, a new friend the other day this was a, a younger black gay conservative that happens to live in my area he reached out to me when he saw me I think we were walking out of a local restaurant he was like oh my god you knows Rob Smith like I'm a black gay conservative like blah blah, blah. And I was like okay so I have lunch with you, you know, just just have lunch with this kid, just kind of like figure out what he's all about. And so he's telling me that there is a congressman that's that's running for office again. Uh, and this is locally. This is in Florida. And he's like, I want you to kind of do LGBT outreach to this community. I want you to figure out how, as Republicans, we talk to these people. And if the MAGA movement wasn't such a huge force in American politics, there is no way that Republicans will be thinking in this way. And this is not an identity politics thing, right? This is about going out to different types of voters and being able to talk to them. This is what the Democrats have figured out how to do. Now, the difference between us and the Democrats and the left is all they do is lie to these people. They use lies and fear and propaganda to create coalitions. But on the conservative side, the MAG movement, we have the truth and furthermore, this is a generation of fighters. Look at Madison Cawthorn in Congress. Look at uh, Maria Elvira Salazar, who is a Latino woman that just got elected from Congress, a Republican from the Miami area. This is a generation of fighters that is going to fight for America, that is going to fight for our values, that is going to fight for the American people. These are not these tired-ass Mitt Romney conservatives That are just trying to roll over so that they can be loved for five minutes uh, by CNN. So this is what the MAGA movement is. The MAGA movement is a winner in 2020 politics, because the MAGA movement will define the GOP for the next decades to come, and they will act as kingmakers in the GOP for the foreseeable future. Now, with our first big winner, the MAGA movement, there has to be a big loser. And I'm gonna tell you who the biggest loser in American politics is after the break. I have established to you why I think the MAGA movement is the biggest winner in electoral politics and in politics in general in 2020. I have established what I feel about this MAGA movement that I'm proud to be a part of, that I know a lot of people in, and that I think will have a huge amount of influence. For the foreseeable future now for the biggest loser i think in american politics in 2020 has to be the far left and you may be thinking rob what are you talking about you know what the far left can be a loser because you know they got biden in the white house and and they destroyed all these cities and they get away with it and all of that other stuff okay now that may be true but think back to this campaign. And think back to how much the far left the squad, you know, uh, the AOC and Presley's and and Ilan Omar, all these people think back to how much power it seemed as if they had while we were going through the nightmare that was 2020 in this election cycle. Right. It seemed like they said, we have all the power now. We have all of the energy on the left. We are going to. In, in in Chuck Schumer's words, right? He was, we're going to fundamentally change America. Isn't that what he said? And they are going to put all of this pressure on the Biden administration to put all of these far left radical crazies into this cabinet and have it looking like, I don't know, some sort of Bernie Sanders fever dream, right? That has not happened. The far left and these leftists, from everything that we've seen about the Obama era Swamp creatures, and, and centrists that Biden has been putting into parts of this uh, this administration. What we see is that leftists in the far left are not going to have any influence in this administration. So when you look back at everything that has happened, even through the lens of what happened in the primary season for the Democrats, that God knows it seems so long ago. But what you saw happening during the primary season. And it was very obvious to anybody that was looking at this with even a, a critical eye, even a little bit of a critical eye. You know that on the left, on the left wing, all of the energy was with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders had the crowds, Bernie Sanders had the money, Bernie Sanders had enough people that were dumb enough to believe in his grift to really get him in there. So, what you saw in Biden kind of like coming up from the last minute and being, again, saved by Black people that, you know, you know Blacks are always on the left, they're always saving these quote unquote candidates. Joe, Joe Biden hasn't done shit for Black people for 47 years, won't do shit for Black people for the next four years. But, you know, you can't tell these people anything. But when you saw everyone coalesce to kind of make this Joe Biden thing happen, and it happened like kind of out of nowhere at the very end of it, what you were seeing were these corporate Democrats and these centrist Dems and all these other people Consolidating their power around Joe Biden and pushing the far left out. So, this is what you saw. And you see their loss of power in so many different ways. Democrats damn near lost the House this year. There was not, and let me, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that of all of the 26 races that were marked as toss ups, quote unquote. And we're talking about congressional races here. These were all won by Republicans. Democrats got demolished in these midterm elections. And so when you look at voter habits, this tells me a couple of things. First of all, it tells me that there were some people, and I know that a lot of people who are just really deep into this uh, election fraud, it just gets deep into the rabbit hole. There was some election fraud, but you know, it just gets deep into the rabbit hole. But, and some people may not want to hear this, but, you know, I'm going to tell you because this is what I'm here to do. What it tells me is that there were some people who legitimately just voted for Biden for the very reason that we're seeing right now. They were over the nonstop drama and whether this was media created or, or Trump created, I think that it was, you know, it was probably about a mix of the two, Right. Because, you know, President President Trump doesn't, you know, he's not one to back down from a fight. But there were some people who voted for Biden at the top of the ticket and really did vote Republican for their congressional seats. This is the thing that really happened. And if the far left had as much influence on actual voters in electoral politics as they have over Twitter and and over apparently the, the staff at Vanity Fair and over at MSNBC, then we would not have seen this. So the far left lost this match and furthermore, defund the police. And I've spoken about this in the past, but defund the police was supposed to, was just this game changing slogan from the far left. And this was supposed to rally everybody to to their side. It was a total loser. And not only was it a loser slogan, it got Republicans hammered down the ballot. Defund the police was such a loser that it even got slammed by President Obama. He even slammed, President Obama even slammed defund the police. He said that, you know, Michelle, Michelle's mother, Michelle Obama, his mother-in-law didn't like it. You know, an, an older black woman of a certain generation. So it's becoming more clear when we talk about the far left and we talk about the squad and we talk about, you know, whatever these idiots on Twitter are, are, are saying, is that these things are very out of step with what actual voters think. It is becoming clearer that these are not policies that help actual voters. Because we are seeing stories over and over and over again of these cities that are moving to, quote unquote, defund their police. And by defund the police, they really mean they are cutting the budgets of of these police forces. And they are seeing their crime go up. Not all liberals are crazy. Not all liberals are stupid. And not all liberals are far left. What we have seen throughout 2020 is we have seen that the far left, it, it really is that the emperor doesn't have any clothes. These people do not have any sort of real influence outside of Twitter. Now, granted, they had enough influence to get people out on the streets and get people acting crazy, but remember, Black Lives Matter was something that came as a result of the far left. It was something that these far leftists supported, but they weren't the leaders of, of that movement, right? Of, of the Black Lives Matter thing. So it wasn't like the far left was like, okay, everybody take to the streets for black lives. No, that that's not what happened. So even though the Black Lives Matter people protested to the streets, like did all of this stuff, and it may seem that they have won, and 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 maybe they did, even though if you if you follow my social media, you know that Joe Biden has not even has has refused to meet with these people. So, you know, you the jury's still out on that. But this is not the far left. You know what the far left is? The far left is defund the police. The far left is Medicare for all. The far left is universal basic income. The far left is sex work is work. The far left are all of these things that are completely outside of the norm of what the American people want and what the American people vote for. And that is why they're one of the biggest losers of 2020. They have not managed to enact their agenda in any real way. They've not managed to pass any bills. They have not managed to pressure Joe Biden enough to put people that they approve of in that administration. So what does the far left have? What influence do they have? They have influence over Twitter. They have influence over Hollywood. They have influence over social media. But in terms of real, actual political power, 2020 proved what a loser the far left really was. Because as it turns out, they don't have much political power. Coming up, let's talk media. I wanna talk about the biggest winners and losers in mainstream media this year. Oh boy, problematics. If you have been listening to this show long enough and following me on social media long enough, you will know that I utterly despise the mainstream media, they are a lie they are full of shit, and they are controlled by corporations. And they use the influence they have to make you afraid, to make you excited, and to incite you in whatever way that benefits them. So it is so sad for me to say that One of the biggest winners in 2020 was the mainstream media, and it sucks. It sucks to say that because 2020 has proven without a doubt that the mainstream media still has a stranglehold on the minds of most American voters. It is true. Look at everything that we've seen over the past four years, we have seen enough over the past four years from the mainstream media and from these people to not believe or even pay attention to anything that they say, yet and still, the media still has a stranglehold over the minds of of most people in America. So for the past four years, these people who want you to, to, to think that they are very, very serious people, they are very serious people, and they went on these mainstream media outlets and they pushed the Russia Gate conspiracy theories for years, guys. This went on for years. It was at a certain point, and I had kind of just just jump started my media career in the middle of all this stuff. And I would get invitations to go on cable TV, and I'm just like, no, nope, not Russiagate. Don't know, no- don't know enough about it. I'm not interested in it. This is trash. Nobody knows anything. And it, it it was just, it boggles the mind. So I did, a, um, I did a failed pilot with this this leftist commentator, Keith Boykin. And part of the, the pilot was, I was going to be the right side and he was going to be the left. And we were just going to really talk about issues. And this was pitched to me. It's like, okay. I'm like, okay, we can go talk to, about issues. Yeah. So we filmed this pilot for about three days and it was nonstop Russiagate nonsense. I'm like, Are we going to talk about, can we talk about school choice? Can we talk about illegal immigration? Why are we still talking about this? And so, as we all know, none of this stuff was true. And when we all found out that it was a lie, they never even backpedaled and they never even apologized. They just kept going. And the media went all in on this Trump hate. They went all in on the lies. They went all in on Trump called Mexican immigrants rapists, and, and, and he said there were very fine people on both sides, and he said George Floyd would be looking down and smiling about the low unemployment rates. All of these things were lies, but yet they just kept on saying it, and we, and I'm gonna, we as the American people, bought it, hook, line, and sinker. The mainstream media went all in on lockdowns, all in on this. And nobody thought to question the very idea that the people that were so eager to lock America down what it looks like forever at this point were all people who could very easily work from home. These were all people who could very easily skype in to the studio and, and very easily you know work from home from from you know a cable news set or a home office or whatever. I, I personally i'm I'm one of these people. I do. of myself when I'm not traveling from home. That is a privilege that that I have right now. But I would never go on television and not be able to look past the opportunity that I have in in my God-given opportunity, thank God, that I have to be able to work from home and not have any kind of empathy for the people who don't. So the mainstream media, these people went all in on these lockdowns. They went all in on coronavirus fear porn, all in on the idea that we should just shut down forever. And people bought it. These leftist leaders bought it. That's why they're locking down right now. New York is locked down. California is locked down. So people bought it. And so this idea that this infrastructure is just going to be taken down and we're just going to end the mainstream media, and, and nobody's going to pay attention to it anymore. It's just unfortunately not true. They won this year. They got what they wanted. They got the vast majority of Americans afraid. They got their puppet in the White House. They got people to believe lies about Donald Trump. And, you know, look, since. Most of my friends in my actual life are, are fairly, you know, are, are fairly well informed people. They they watch the news. They they work in media, either left or right. Most of my friends are, are fairly informed. So I always use kind of like some members of my family as kind of like gauge as to what, what people are like. What part of this is is this stuff is really getting out to people, and what is really being taken in here? And so I think about my mother, who is completely freaked out about coronavirus to the level to which she barely leaves the house anymore. and She lives nowhere. She, the state that my mother lives in is nowhere near a coronavirus house. It's not even in the top 20, but she is terrified. Terrified. Same thing with my sister. Masks on, in the car, together with the same family members that you've been in the house with for, for however long. And so what I'm trying to say is that the mainstream media won this year. They have convinced people of these lies. And there are just not enough alternative outlets for people to go to and not enough ways for us to get our voices out there. So the mainstream media won in 2020. But and not to end it on a bad note, this is what I think. I think that These next four years under this Biden administration are going to drop a lot of red pills on people because people are now going to get the sense of what the agenda is and what these people really do. And I have to say, one of the biggest losers out of all of this is the American people. And I can break that down in so many different ways. But it is the American people, it is us as Americans who are the victims of this stuff. It is the American people that suffer because the media went all in on coronavirus fear porn. It is the tens of thousands of small businesses that are never coming back again that are suffering. It is the real people. That, in in you know, I wanna I wanna be empathetic. I was you know because I because now I want to talk about the American people and I want to talk about this this stimulus check and this idea. And I was gonna tweet this, but it just sounded so cold. And I was gonna say, you know, if you're like literally, if you're worried about a stimulus check coming from the government, like if this twelve hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars or whatever it is is the difference between like literally you eating or not eating, then. This stimulus check is like the least of your problems. And I didn't tweet that because it sounded super cold. And it is cold. But as all as with most things in, in this cold, cruel world, there's a smidgen of truth in it. The American people lose while these assholes with multimillion-dollar contracts go all in on lockdowns and coronavirus fear porn. The American people lose when mainstream media... And some of these other outlets outright lie about good things that are happening during a presidential administration simply because that administration happens to be a Republican administration. The American people lose when we realize that some of these freedoms that we've uh, apparently have been taking for granted before 2020, some of these freedoms that we thought were our, our our rights and our rights given by God and the Constitution, that some of these freedoms aren't really freedoms at all. That they can be taken away by pathetic, power hungry leaders who use a virus that has a 99.9 percent recovery rate as an excuse for snatching away their freedoms, for snatching away their freedoms to come and go as they please, for snatching away. Their freedoms to work, to run businesses that some people have been building their entire lives. There's no real way to unpack everything that has happened in 2020 and and think that the American people, and I'm talking about people like you and I, have come out on anything but the wrong end of, of this particular stick. And it saddens me to say. That one of the biggest losers of 2020 are the American people, because this was the year that we found out that we have freedoms. I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, like if Cuomo says so, you know, they have freedoms in California. I mean, if if Gavin Newsom says so, you know, he's not if he's not too busy having dinners with $15,000 wine bills and he can deign for the plebs to be able to go, you know, just do something silly, like run their businesses. And I get the sense sometimes, and I'm not trying to be fatalist, and, and I'm certainly not trying to end this on a, on a downer of a node, but sometimes you really get the sense. And I really wonder, are we really in control? Do we have autonomy anymore? The autonomy to run our businesses without getting shut down by government? the autonomy to vote in our elections and trust the process. The amount of distrust that people have in the electoral process after this year, I mean, this is not stuff that just goes away in a couple of years. So it's sad to say that the American people were one of the biggest losers of 2020. And if I can end this on a way that is upbeat because I would I'm a, I'm an optimist at heart and I love being upbeat one of the one of the things about me to my core is that I'm an optimist there's always a way to make it there's always a way to move forward and if you are taught a really tough lesson in life there's always a way to correct it so 2020 was one of the toughest hardest lessons that the american people will ever have to learn and it was taught to us by our weak, power-hungry elected officials. It was taught to us by a feckless mainstream media who has no interest in truth, only in protecting Democrats. It was taught to us by China, who, by the way, caused all of this bullshit. And so the lesson moving forward for the American people as we take this L As on Rob Smith is problematic, here declaring the American people one of the biggest losers of 2020, is how do we fix this? How do we win? How do we come back from this? How do we take power back from these people? How do we overcome the pandemic? How do we come together as Americans in some way, shape, or form so that we're not arguing and blaming each other about some shit that China did? I don't know. But I promise you, Problematics, that I'm going to be here throughout 2021 and beyond. And we're going to figure it out. Thanks so much to my sponsors. Please support them so we can bring the show to you for free. Visit my show page at robsmithisproblematic.com. And please tell your friends about the show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. So other people can learn what the show is about, be introduced to me, all of these problematic thoughts and introduced to our community of problematics. Thanks to producer Stephen Calabria and researcher Aaron Kliegman and executive producers Debbie and Newt, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. part of the gamers 360 network.